The people were filled with expectation, and all were asking in their hearts whether John might be the Christ. You know, I don't know how often over my years I've read this gospel, and I don't think there's ever been a time in my life where I've had this sense of what's it like for the whole world to be an expectation, just like right now. I mean, isn't it true that the whole world is hoping that this pandemic ends? No matter where you are in the face of the world, the earth, that's an expectation, and people are living that intense expectation. And that was the state of the people at the time of John the Baptist. That's why they were seeking the baptism of John. Anticipation and expectation are actually components of a healthy spirituality. When parents bring their child for baptism, it's after many months of anticipation, whether that be an adoption process or a pregnancy, and they're filled with this sense of expectation, of wonderment. What will this child be? Or in other words, what will God do with her or him? And if you stop to think about it in a way, maybe all that God needs to enter into our lives is a sense of anticipation and wonder. What I mean by that is, if that's the way we approach life, that almost puts a wedge in the door so God can get in. To expect little is to guarantee the outcome. Faith is an understanding and expectation that God is at work. So that explains why the people flocked to John the Baptist. Among other things, they were anticipating forgiveness of sin. But then it says Jesus was baptized. Why was Jesus baptized? I mean, he didn't have original sin or any kind of sin. What was that all about? Well, Certainly there's a lot of speculation about what that was all about, but generally it, it, it centers into the word identity. His baptism celebrated his identity as Messiah, anticipated one, wonderful God, Prince of Peace, beloved Son, and in celebrating his identity, he takes on the mission of the Father. And in Luke's Gospel, it's also so that the folks might know that their anticipation, wonderment, and anxiety were to be answered in Jesus Christ. So every parent, birth parent or adoptive parent, wants to incorporate their child into the family. And so to give the child an identity as a beloved child. And in baptism, that's what God does. He gives us an identity as beloved, forged 
in forgiveness of sin. So as we heard this morning in Titus, he saved us through the bath of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he richly poured out on us through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that we might be justified by his grace and become heirs in hope of eternal life. So this feast today celebrates, first of all, Jesus's identity and his mission, but it also celebrates our identity and mission, our own inheritance of eternal life. And Titus makes that inheritance a bit clearer, saying, as we await the blessed hope, the appearance of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every inheritance has this sense of waiting. The grace of God has appeared, saving all and training us to reject godless ways and worldly desires and to live temperately, justly, and devoutly in this age. And so, as always, we gather to give him thanks. Today, particularly, we give thanks for, 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 him, for him who gave himself for us to deliver us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for himself a people as his own, eager to do what is good. That's who we are. I think today we have some people who are preparing for baptism, and that preparation for baptism has to do with taking on a new identity. Who you will become in baptism is a new person in Christ Jesus.